Well, hey there, streakers. Today, it was hanging the Christmas lights on the roof. Got up there, very high pitch, put the ladder up, had the boys up there with me, and we got the lights on the house. Yes, Jamie was very happy about that, and we were very happy about it as well. It was a little bit warm, but it got colder as the sun went down, and when I say got colder, it got freezing, frigid cold, and so we were pretty much done. We were going to put a few more lights around the front porch, on the railings in the front porch, but decided, you know what, it's too cold, we've got enough lights up there for this year, that's it. No more lights. So we got that done, we're so glad that the lights are up. Today, I want to talk to you about the limits that we place on ourselves and how to break through those. This is Jeff Towns, this is the Streaking Podcast, let's start streaking. What is streaking and why should you do it? Streaking is how you set up personal winning streaks. Look at who you want to be and what you need to do to become that person. This is streaking. I'm Jeff. And I'm Jamie. And we are streakers. Through 30 years of marriage and seven children, we have learned the power of consecutive consistency or streaking. To start streaking is simple. You just follow these three laws. Make it laughably simple. Keep a record and join the streaking community. Streaking is your hidden superpower. With it, you will consistently progress and grow in whatever area of life you want. In this podcast, Jeff and I will share all the fun, exciting, serious, solemn, wonderful parts of family, spiritual, professional, and personal life, and how streaking powers it all. So join us in the conversation, join the movement, and start streaking today. As you look at your life, and what it is that you've done so far and what you can do, there are limits that we place on ourselves. sometimes necessarily so. The reason I think about this is, for example, climbing a ladder to the top of the roof. That may be something that uh, I limit myself on in the near future. For right now, I did it, and we had a great time doing it, but I'll tell you what, I don't know. I've heard a lot of stories about people falling from the ladders as they climb to the roof to Do something like hang Christmas lights. One of my favorite runners, Iliad Kipchoge, he is the marathon runner who broke the two-hour barrier. He is an individual that can run a mile in less than four minutes and 35 seconds for 26.2 miles. Just give that a try. Think about going around the track at a little over a minute per per lap on the track for 26.2 miles talked about this before and it's quite a few quite a few laps it's over let's see I think 20 20 miles that Jamie and I did on a track it was something like 84 laps or something like that I don't remember exactly and don't really want to calculate it out but I'm sure you can get to it if you want Iliad when breaking the two-hour barrier which some people said wouldn't be broken for the next 60 years and so when he broke it that was something Obviously, not anyone was expecting. Now, some people dismiss it because it wasn't an official world record. He was given water. Well, no, he was given, uh, what was it, an energy drink and also um, gels through it. Now, that's not necessarily wrong or bad. You could do that in a marathon. But if your coach hands it to you while the coach is on a bicycle handing it to you, then that is not permitted within the rules of the world record marathon. However, he did it. That's all there is to it. I don't care how many people debate about it. He ran 26.2 miles with every mile being less than four minutes and 35 seconds per mile. That's pretty, I don't care if anyone's handing you a juice pack or a special 
uh, mix or a gel, just go ahead and try it. You know, yeah, yeah. Go ahead and go out there and say, you know what? I think if I get a juice pack or a special gel, I'll be able to run this. No, <laughs> this is not going to happen. However, one of Iliad's favorite sayings is that he says, I believe that no human is limited. That's a pretty audacious saying. I mean, when you think about that particular saying, I believe that no human is limited. One of the tenets that I live by is the only limits in life are those that we place on ourselves, sometimes necessarily so. As you go throughout your life setting goals, striving diligently to become the person you want to be, sometimes we're limited or we have limiting beliefs. They may not even be apparent. There may be things that you don't even realize are a limiting belief. I was in conversation with some of the sales professionals that I work with on a regular basis, and we were talking about what it was in their sales career that was limiting. What were some of the beliefs that they had that were limiting? One of the beliefs in particular that came up was any revenue is good revenue. Any sell is a good sell. When you think about that particular limit or limiting belief, it doesn't seem right on its surface that it's a limiting belief. I mean, a sell is a sell, right? I mean, you get the revenue from it, you move forward. However, when you really start to think about the revenue that you pull in, there is revenue that is good and revenue that is not so good. Let me explain the difference. And this will also apply. So hang in there with me because this also applies to our life and what it is we do in our life. When you are a sales professional, you're striving diligently to gain customers that will buy your product or service. What you want to do is have that product or service meet their needs. There's sometimes it will and sometimes it won't. Some salespeople are very good at convincing people to purchase the product or service. And in the long haul, it really doesn't help the particular client. The reverse of that is also true. There's sometimes a client wants your product or service. And as a sales professional, you know that it's not the product or service for them. However, you sell it to them anyway. And what starts is your worst nightmare. Because that client will take more of your time, energy, and resources than any other client because the product didn't meet their needs. It's not something that they really needed. You knew that up front, but they were insistent that it had to be, that you needed this particular product or service. And so what then happens is this client is trying to fit the proverbial square peg in a round hole, and it's just not working. This is where, as a sales professional, you have to look at and say, not all revenue is created equal. Not all revenue is good revenue. And if you have the belief that it is, it actually stunts your growth as a sales professional. It stunts your progress. You're not able to move forward because This particular client is taking so much of your time and your energy and your effort that you can't get to the clients that really do need your product or service or that are looking for what it is that product or service will do for them. That's where you really have to get to is 
finding that client or working with that client to whoever that client may be to help them see where the right product or service. There's a book that I have back here on my shelf. It actually sits down below. It's uh, from Thomas Mosier. And he, it, Thomas Mosier is a fine furniture uh, builder. And the furniture that he produces is just gorgeous. It's typically made of cherry wood. It's all, all of the uh, furniture has joinery that is not with what we look at today with screws and with, um, I'll, I'll call it fast, quick joinery, putting things together quickly. It's all handmade. It's done in a very beautiful way. Any of their furniture, and they have gorgeous installations of libraries and so forth, as well as handmade features for the home. If you ever get a chance, check out Thomas Mosier. It's, it's just gorgeous. I was reading about his history. One, uh, and as he got started with making furniture, there was one time a uh, potential client, or actually it was a client, client came to him and she asked for a particular desk and he agreed to it. As he started making it, he realized a couple of things. One, that this desk was going to be much more expensive than what it was he could spend the time or money on for her and that she could afford. That that was two things. And the third thing is he just was like, this is, this is not my forte. This particular piece of furniture is not something that I do well. He realized this about halfway through the project. He called the client back and told her, you know what, I'm not going to be able to build this desk. And she was rather disappointed. However, what he did do is say, this is what I'll be able to make for you. And it was this beautiful end table of some sort. And after a little bit of conversation, she agreed to it. And she got a beautiful piece of furniture that was within her budget and was within his skill set. And he decided from there on out that he would be focused on those things that he did well. Now, you may say to yourself, well, Jeff, didn't you just say that, you know, uh, the only limits in life are the limits we place on ourselves? And that sounds a little bit like he put a limit on himself. And that's okay. I think that when I say that, the only limits in life are the limits you place on yourself, it sounds like it's a negative thing. It's actually an intentional and deliberate thing. It's recognizing where your strengths lie and going with them. When you are in your life, there are going to be opportunities presented to you that are outside of your particular skill set, desire, passion. And you're going to have to decide deliberately and intentionally to not do that thing, to not move forward with it. Not all revenue is created equal. Not rev all revenue is good revenue. The piece of furniture that you decide to make needs to fit within the skill set that you have. This is where you put into play the limits. And those limits are actually what give you the opportunity to be free to be flexible, to have the opportunity to progress and to grow because you have passion about what it is that you're doing. You have a desire to get there. You're not trying to fit a square peg into a round hole. There are so many individuals who I meet in life who have gone down a particular road because it was the money that it provided or 
it was something that someone else was doing and they thought it was a good idea as well. And they realized as they go down this road that it's not what they want to do. At that point, what you then do is put a limit to it. Say, this is it. And strive diligently now to find what it is you do want to do and the path that you do want to walk and travel. When you utilize streaking to make this happen, you can put in place small, simple activities that give you the experience of what it is you're striving to do, that's path that you're that you're walking down. And as you do those activities on a daily basis, you'll get to the point where, you know what? I either like this a lot and therefore I'm going to continue to do this activity or I don't like it at all. And I need to switch my activities because this is not the person I want to be. I've told the story before a couple of years ago. I had Talon on and he was talking about becoming a coder, a programmer. And he said that he started a streak and after a hundred and some odd days, he ended the streak. He retired it purposely, deliberately, intentionally. Why? Because he didn't want to be a coder. He realized after doing the activity for so long, he had no passion behind it. Interestingly enough, later on, he found that his passion was designing user interfaces, which in, in which, interestingly enough, requires some amount of coding and programming. It requires him to understand the program that he uses is Figma, to understand it in such a way that he's able to design it and then be able to send that over to developers for them to be able to code it and put it into play. Isn't that interesting? So it wasn't the exact path that he was in. He put a limit to it and said, I'm going to do something different. And now has found a real passion and love. And you can tell by the streaking app that he absolutely loves it. As I talk to him, he, he says, I love designing the streaking app because I've had so many different apps that I have used that haven't worked the way that they should in regards to the user interface. And so for him to be able to now design user interfaces and give it to developers and they put it into play, money. It absolutely works fantastically well. As you go through your life, as Iliad Kipchoge says, no human is limited. You are not limited. And the only limits in life are the limits you place on yourself. And you'll do that because those limits are important to get you to where you want to be. Sometimes you disperse your energy so significantly that you don't have the energy necessary to do what you really want to do. I was talking with an individual today, a friend who was who is considering a new career. And as he was considering this new career, we were talking about, is it possible to do two things at once? And the answer is absolutely yes. If you If you're doing those two things at once, one of them may be, something that you want don't want to do as much. And so you're going to reserve energy for the thing that you want to do a lot. The example that I pointed out to him was actually Cal Ripken Jr. As I was studying Cal Ripken Jr. and his consecutive streak of 2,632 days, there was one particular interview that he had. And I need to go back and find the source. I There were so many source materials and I have a big folder of them on my computer as far as all the source materials. And there was one interview that he had where the interviewer was asking 
Cal how it was that he was able to maintain the level of play necessary to be on a major league baseball field for every consecutive game that he was playing. 2,632 is where he ended. So he's asking that question. How, how is it that I can, uh, or how is it that you can do this? And Cal gave back an answer that interested me. He said that most players, 100% is my 80%. Now think about that for just a second. Most players, 100% is my 80%. That may seem, well, is he holding back? Is he not really at the caliber that he needs to be? Is he not giving his all? I don't think that's it. I think more what he was saying is, I have capacity so that when I need it, when I need to be more intense, more focused, I've got the capacity to go there. In a manufacturing plant, if it's running at 100% capacity, it's actually bad. You may think that's good. Well, they're running at 100% capacity. In other words, they're able to they're producing the max amount that that factory can produce. It's not a good that's not a good thing. If there's a needed intensity or a needed, let's say an order comes in that they need a little bit more capacity, well they're already running at 100% and they can't get any more out of it. That's a problem. So typically you run the factory or the manufacturer, whatever it is, at less than 100%. Depending on your strategic field and where you are, you run on less than 100%. Why? So that in those moments you need it, you have it. And that's exactly what Cal Ripken Jr. was saying, is that in the moments I need it, I have it. So my 80% is at a very significant level if if compared to others it's you know it's their 100% but he lived his life in such a way that he was able to at any given moment be able to amp up his performance such that he was able to not only stay on the field but to avoid injury and to continue playing the game of baseball and by the way just a little side note there were a couple of different times that he actually played injured he he there was one time he was having back spasms and it was just highly painful during the streak. Still kept going though. Why? Because as Iliad said, no human is limited. And the only limits in life we place on ourselves are the ones we place on ourselves. You're placing limits, for example, not to run at 100% capacity because you want to have enough of capacity to be able to get there when the situation calls for it. And this, it could be in your family life, could be in your professional life, your spiritual life, your physical life, whatever it is, you want to have that capacity to be there. So you're going to put limits in place. You're going to decide, I'm not going to go further. Not all revenue is good revenue. And the limits in life are the ones you put in place. Why? So that you can become the person you really want to be. Hopefully you've enjoyed the conversation today. If you want to read the book, you can by either downloading it, ebook from Amazon or Apple Books. You can also buy it at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or anywhere books are sold. Still have the hardcover out there. You can download Audible and listen to it or download the streaking app if you want a real quick preview on what it means to be a streaker, how to start a streak, what are the laws of streaking, and then to start tracking and sharing 
your success with those around you. We just came out with a phenomenal new feature in the streaking app, which is you set up a streak and then you can invite others to do that streak as well. It's, it's just great. So you start streaking together. You can also set up communities and other things. Download the streaking app at Apple, uh, at the Apple App Store or at Google Play. Until we talk again, keep streaking.